You're listening to Artistic Finance, Show 66. On today's show, I'm joined by photographer Mark Santos. We review the Artistic Finance 6K, the financial portfolio we created in May 2021. We compare each investment's gain or loss to the market and answer the only question that matters, did our portfolio beat the market? Without further ado, let's get to the show. You're listening to Artistic Finance Podcast, where your host, Ethan Steimel, interviews successful artists, leaders, and investors to help educate and inspire artists to grow their wealth. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Ethan Steimel, and I am joined by my co-host, Mark Santos. Welcome, Mark. Hey, Ethan. Glad to be here. Mark is a third time guest now. He was on for an episode on credit cards. Then he joined us for the Artistic Finance 6K, where we started some investments that we're going to track for a year. And this is now our second installment in that series, quarter one, seeing how we've done. So we started May 5th, and here we are. We're recording this on August 11th, 2021. We're still amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes. So hopefully that'll be done by our year anniversary. (laughs) We're ready to check in and see how our investments are doing. Now, remember, we're in this for the long haul, right? Right. We've purchased these investments for a year and a day. And the idea there is that at a year and a day, we can sell them, reposition them. And whatever the gains are will be taxed at capital gains rate instead of regular income rate. That That's our plan. So this quarter one update, in a way, is really unnecessary, right? Well, I guess we're about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, because here's here's my thought. I'm only checking in here to like see what we learn. If this were my retirement savings, which in a way it sort of is. <laughs> if this were like my retirement savings, I never check on that. I don't know. What do you do? Do you check? Do you have retirement savings and do you check in on it often? I mean, you're probably you're right in that you're probably not going to make any moves after one quarter when you're thinking long-term. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, not, that's not what you would do on a long-term investment. Exactly, it's a long-term investment. So anyway, so we have some money with a financial advisor. They take our money and they put it into three different things. U.S. stocks, a little bit of bonds, and some real estate. And those are all indexes of sorts. We have had that financial advisor for maybe five years, and we have not changed our allocation ever. That's what I mean by I personally don't need to do the quarterly check-ins because I don't change anything. Right. So so why are we doing quarterly check-ins? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just wondering. Well, well all right. Like, I can answer that. Yeah. I mean, it's only one year, so a quarter is fine. I mean, this is a one-year experiment. It's not a 20-year experiment. Yeah. We do want to know what, what's going on, especially, I think, with our, with our wine. I'm very interested in the wine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, oh, yeah, I I guess I should say what we have. Well, do you even remember what we have? Uh, I remember the wine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we made five investments, and we sort of made a sixth. The sixth was a piece of art. We're not actually counting that because the way we invested is we bought the art, and we didn't do it in a way that is going to give us a monetary return unless something weird happens. Which we almost don't want anything weird to happen because it would be like if the artist dies famously oh. and then maybe the art would go up. So we don't want that at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. 
if the artist started doing the presidential portraits or something, might get a little more notoriety and then might could 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 like the value could go up that way in that sense if we're strictly talking monetary value right but i don't know i don't want that for this artist either right, right so anyway so we invested in six things but we don't count the sixth one so we have five other investments one of them is wine we bought 12 bottles of wine we invested in some real estate investment trusts some reits so basically real estate stocks we got a little bit of Bitcoin. <laughs> we got some individual stocks and then we got the S&P 500 index fund. Oh, right, right. So, and we did that May, the 5th of May, 2021. It is now August, three months later, later, May, June, July, August. Yes. Three months later, one quarter of the year, one quarter of the way through our process. Mark, do you think overall we're up or down? I, I would say that we're probably up on wine. Actually, I've lost track of if we would be up or down on Bitcoin. And I'm going to guess that we're up in the REITs and in the S&P. And I don't remember which stock it was that you got. So I'm not going to make a, any kind of guess. Okay. So now if thinking of all five of those at once. So we put $5,000 in. Do you think currently we have more than 5000 or less than 5000 Well, this is going to, I think it's going to depend on the Bitcoin. I, I would hope that we have more. That's a good guess. <laughs> That's a hopeful guess. Spoiler alert right now. Spoiler alert. Mark, overall, we are down. <laughs> how, much are, how much are we down? That is what we are going to answer. Okay. People can't see my face right now because no one has video, but my face does not look worried. I am not worried about this down. I think what you said about it's going to depend on Bitcoin I think that is a very fair, very fair indeed. So we're just going to, this This will be a short episode. Everyone, I mean, I can drag it out because that's how I roll, but this is going to be a short episode. So I'm just going to go over these five things. So let's go to the S&P 500 ETF. I went today and I gathered all the numbers. S&P 500, we bought a thousand. And today it is worth what, Mark? thousand and one. Ooh, that is really good. So it is worth one thousand and sixty two dollars. Oh, OK, cool. That's actually up quite a bit. Now, how much is it up? I'm going to say six percent. Does that seem right? Sixty dollars out of a thousand. Yeah, that's six percent. Yeah, that's six yeah. percent. I just have to talk through this for everyone, uh, which is how do we calculate that ROI with the return on investment? So how do we how do we know that that's that number is six percent? On air, we're all going to learn how to do this. How to calculate ROI. Because I did this in a spreadsheet today. I looked it up. So that way I could speak and say, we're up 6%. We're down 6%. So going to Investopedia, I take the current value of the investment. So for the S&P 500, that's 1,062. I subtract the initial investment, which was $1,000. So that leaves us with... 62. Then I take that profit or loss number and I divide it by the initial cost of the investment, which would be $1,000. So 62 over 1,000. That gives me a number and I multiply that by 100% or by 100 to give me the percentage. Does that make sense, Mark? Yeah. Or you could just move the decimal point. Or yes, same difference. Yeah. Move the decimal point. I'm not good at math. So <laughs> for me, it's timing it by 100, which is moving the decimal point. 
<laughs> so, so why did I walk us through that? Because I just want to show how basic my numbers are. I'm just taking the number we're at now, finding the difference from what we put in, dividing it by our in initial cost basis, the amount we put in, and then multiplying that number by 100, and that gives us the percentage of return. Does that make sense? So 6.2%. Yes. Did you just do that math? In my head, I moved it up. <laughs> we have a mathematician on the show. Yes. So for the S&P 500, which, Mark, what did we expect the S&P 500 index to do? In general, it's, it's uh, I think, between 6 and 8% in general. So we're, we're on track. I don't know why I didn't expect things to be on track, just because it's COVID and so many things are going on. But I think that's just recency bias in me because those returns, that 6 to 8%, that is like over the long term. It is what we should expect. So I don't know why I was expecting it to be something else. <laughs> I'll also say that the S&P 500, that's the entire stock market or the big players in the stock market. To me, that's basically like what we expected out of wine. Wine we expected to just be slow and steady, which we'll get to in a minute. The S&P 500, we expected it to be slow and steady. And like you were saying, 6 to 8% is exactly what we would expect. Weirdly enough, or maybe not weirdly, we're right on target. Oh, that's great. Okay, so, queso. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're going to move on to the second investment, which is the individual stock picks. Overall, with our individual stocks, we picked four stocks. So by picking four stocks, we're sort of making our own index, right? I looked at, researched, and I thought, this is going to outperform the S&P 500. Do you think that we outperformed or underperformed the S&P 500. I don't remember which four you picked. I'm going to say. Okay, let me tell you what they are. So they are Skills, S-K-L-Z, Skills, an online gaming platform. Ticker VST, which is an energy company. LAC, which is a lithium mining company. And TAP, which is the makers of Blue Moon, a beverage company. So combine those all. Do you think my stock picks went higher than the S&P 500 or lower? Or the same. I can't do that. <laughs> oh, the same. Yeah, yeah. What, whatever you want. What do you think they did? Uh, I, I would say that they went up. I'm just not sure if it would have beat the S&P. Yeah, okay. An excellent guess. Uh, they went down. <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually really good because what is the basic financial advice that a financial advisor would give me, Mark? Uh, I would say to, to buy and hold those stocks, not give them up in, a, you know, in one quarter. Absolutely. And they would also say buy the S&P 500 because it's slow and steady and individual stocks are very volatile because one company can go out of business, whereas the S&P is 500 companies. And if one goes out, you still have 499 that are still ticking along. Right. So that's the general basic advice that if you research anything online, it's going to give you that. And that's the Warren Buffett. That's the famous Warren Buffett advice, which is, you know, in my will, if I die before the people that are going to inherit this, the instructions are that it all should just go into the S&P 500. I don't know if that's actually like true or what is in his will, but that's that's his famous thing. Why am I saying all this? Because the advice that you want to get has played out exactly here. I am not smarter than the S&P 500. I have lost to the S&P 500. <laughs> we put $1,000 into these four stocks. And we are now at $975. If I do that formula on ROI and calculate it, we are at a loss of 3%. Mark, does, that doesn't sound that bad, right? It doesn't sound that bad. No, a 3% loss doesn't sound that bad. And it's not. Like, I'm not worried. 
But compared to the S&P 500, which is up six, that's a 9% spread. Right. It's not that we just went down 3%. If we had put it in the S&P, we would be up 9%. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Here's another thing with these four stocks. They went crazy. The 3% loss, that's like, oh, that's fine. You know, yeah, you went down 3%. Okay, not the greatest. But individually, SKLZ went down 34%. Oh, wow. And this goes to diversification. If we had taken all $5,000 and put it into SKLZ, we would have gone down 34% over the entire thing. With the $1,000 we put into these four stocks, we only went down 3%, even though we're holding what you might call a giant loser. The energy company, VST, that went up 8%. And also about VST, they paid a little dividend. So we actually bought 0.08 more of their shares automatically when that happened. Oh, wow. LAC, the lithium mining company, that went up 26%. Nice. So that was a giant winner. Yeah. The makers of Blue Moon, ticker TAP, they went down 8%. We're getting these numbers just one snapshot at this quarter. I'm actually tracking them like once a week I'll check in. And let me tell you, my heart palpitations are going crazy. (laughs) SKLZ is down 33%. I think it was down even more than that before. Uh, The maker of Coors, they were actually up 15%, and now they're down to 8%. i am witnessing every week the exact thing where the financial advisors say you're going to have a heart attack if you own individual stocks because you can lose your shirt overnight. That is really true. (laughs) Yeah, it it seems like so much stress to be tracking individual stocks. Yeah, the, the S&P definitely seems, it's, it's like almost any index is better than tracking than trying to track individual stocks. The S&P is probably the best because it's just so wide and you're more, it's, it's automatically diverse and you're able to weather some of these bumps. One thing we didn't invest in that we should have, well, should have, would have, could have, is marijuana. To me, it's like it's being legalized and that just has room to grow. If I were to get a marijuana stock, I would definitely pick a marijuana index. So a group of 10 or 20 of the marijuana stock companies. While I think the industry is going to do well, I have no idea which companies are going to stick around and which ones aren't. So I, th- I think I think indexing is just by these first two examples we have is just it's a better investment, right? Just mu- much less on your heart. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it just it puts the odds a little more in your favor. You know, like to just buy individual stocks, it seems like wild speculation. You just don't know what's going to happen. It is wild speculation. And I even did research. I read what people were saying positively. I read what people were saying negatively. And I thought I made some pretty informed decisions. Maybe I did. I mean, clearly lots of other people own all these stocks as well. But seeing when I add them all four up and I say, okay, I lost 3%. That is way better than saying, oh, yeah, I picked skills and it's down 34%. Yeah, but it was down 60%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Now on to our, our real estate. So we bought stock in real estate indexes. I'm lying. I'm completely lying. We actually bought four individual real estate stocks. So we made our own index. Mark, what do we expect out of real estate? I would assume it, was go, it would go up. It just seems like even just going around... You know, for me, I just see more stuff being built. So I would just assume real estate in general is going up. Yeah, I, th- I say I think that's the tried and true sort of idea is that real estate tends to unless it's like 2008. <laughs> right. Also, people think we're in a little bit of a bubble now with it. But even if the bubble pops, you still have the physical buildings. You still have that 
because even 2008, it's like stuff crashed, but it wasn't that the value went down and that was the problem. It was the mortgages. Uh, I'm going to have a future episode with economist Steve Keen. When we chatted, he said, he said, yeah, the, one of the two famous things I've done in my career, one was I saw the Australian real estate boom around 2000 and I called the bubble and I said, this is going to happen. And he said, and here we are 20 years later and the bubble hasn't popped yet. All that to say, no matter when you get real estate, I feel like you're probably fine. 99 out of 100 years, you're going to make a profit. Oh, yeah. And then you just need to hold long enough for that one year. <laughs> but that, that year can be very problematic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the long version of saying we expected the real estate to go up, sort of like the S&P 500. You know, Mark, I need to go check them really quick to see if we got any dividends out of them. Which app did I use for real estate? I'm using Weeble for the real estate, and I find the app really hard to navigate. Have I said this before that I don't like Weeble? <laughs> no. So I'm saying it now. I hope they don't become a sponsor of the show. <laughs> well, they probably, with this, this endorsement, they probably will not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, if they reach out, I'll edit this out. <laughs> So I can't figure out on the Weeble app whether we got dividends or not. But that is one of the things we would expect from these companies. I picked four. Two definitely had dividends. I don't remember seeing any. So we'll just treat these as whole numbers, all four together. We put in $1,000, and today we are at $1,047. That's a 5% gain. I think our expectations were met. Yeah, which are the, which are the four that you that you picked? Tickers, UBA, which is Erstad Biddle, SRG, STAG, and MGP. MGP is MGM Casinos. It's the real estate from the MGM Casinos. And the reason I picked that is because I figured casinos, you know, having closed during COVID, they only have up to go. So I figured that was a sure bet. Right. And how did that do? MGM went up 13%. Oh, nice pick. Oh, yeah, I should tell you specifically. So ticker UBA went up 5%. SRG went down 11%. Wow. SRG is Seritage, Seritage, Seritage? Seritage Growth Properties. I wonder what they do. It is commercial malls and things like that. Uh, okay, that makes sense. My Sort of my thought on that process was that malls have been hit hard now. And so I was hoping things would be a little more open now than they are. But my hope is that that goes up and the in the short term in our quarterly update hasn't worked out that way i i would you know i'm just gonna speculate that maybe next quarter it'll go up mm. that's you know my gut instinct yeah yeah Seritage growth properties so it i'm trying to see what it, see what its market cap is so its market cap is 672 million dollars that's a lot of money but its portfolio of buildings, it only owns 181 buildings. That's sort of crazy to me that you can, because if I owned one building, divide 181 by one. If I take one 181, 181st, yeah. and, I, and I go to that 6 million, 600 million that they're worth, if you own one building, you could be worth 50 million. Anyway, all I'm saying is that has a huge market cap, and all they do is own 181 properties, which are obviously very valuable properties, but... You can sort of like see how a stock translates to what they own, like the product they're pushing. They, they own one of the malls near me. I just looked up on their website. 
go check it out. Like, go buy some stuff there and, and get it up and going so that we can get a dividend. <laughs> Actually, they, they own several malls in this area, you know, the New York area, but not the, not the big one, not the Palisades. Maybe they'll get it. No. <laughs> okay, so that's, um, okay, that's that. I got to go back over here. Okay, so STAG went up 12%, and then, yes, MGM, which actually the ticker is MGP, which is their property division, uh, that went up 12%. So overall, we are up 5% in real estate. Um, so I'm looking up these things. STAG is, uh, STAG Industrial, is that the? Yeah, yep, that's it. Real Estate Investment Trun Trust, oh, sorry, Real Estate Investment Trust focused on the acquisition and operation of single-tenant industrial properties throughout the U.S. Single-tenant industrial. So I'm guessing that would be like uh, Daimler or Chrysler would own a warehouse or something. That's, that's what it sounds like to me. And according to their website, they own 501 buildings. Okay. So they're double the size of Seritage. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, according to their website, enterprise value, $8 billion. And they're in 39 states. What is enterprise value? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. <laughs> well, because I went with market cap. Enterprise value. It's a measure of a company's total value. Oh, okay, great. SRG. We learned something. Enterprise value is what a company is worth. SRG enterprise value. So when I looked that up for Seritage, it gave me the $697 million, which is their market cap. Okay. So maybe there's like another way of saying market cap, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Ah, look at us. Learning, learning. <laughs> <laughs> Stag, yeah. Earth State, Biddle. Okay, so real estate we're good with, right? We went up 5%. On to your favorite mark, cryptocurrency. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> you said you have not been following the saga of Bitcoin. So we, we chose just one coin, which was Bitcoin. Uh, how, do you think that went up or down? I have lost track of what Bitcoin does. I, I feel like it goes up and down a lot, but that could just be me. I think right now it's on an upswing. Yes, you are correct. It is currently on an upswing. The funny thing about this upswing is it exists because it spent three months tanked. <laughs> right. We bought it May 5th. We bought our 0 .002 coin we put $1,000 in when one coin was worth 64000 That was May 5th. May 10th, it tanked and went down to 31000 <laughs> <laughs> Now, Mark, did I freak out? No. You are absolutely right. We lost half our value. So our $1,000 went to 500 But it didn't really because you didn't cash it out right then. That is true. It didn't really. None of this is real until it's real. Right. And until we close out the position. So that's true. If you had bought it a year previous, that 50% loss in value was still up 200% overall. Right. 31,000, it could still go way lower. Sure. Yeah. If we had bought it a year previously and then we had done the crash then, we still would have been up. We still would have made a profit. Bitcoin is the most volatile thing that we have in our investment portfolio. Oh, for sure. And that's including the skills stock, which is the one that's down 34% currently. <laughs> Cryptocurrency and the individual stocks, those are exactly what the financial advisors say is the most volatile. That's exactly what we expect. Now, Mark, currently our $1,000 of Bitcoin is worth 
$780. Wow. The 22% drop. Did you just figure that out? Well, <laughs> 21 point something. Yeah, it's a 21% drop. Yeah. Wow. You're pretty good at math. Okay, so... Okay, so... Okay, so anyway, so that doesn't sound that bad, right? Down 20%? Like, yeah, that's one-fifth of the value, but right, it's not as bad as the 50% that it was down. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll depend on depend on how long we're going to hold it. That's what it is. Whether at the end of the year, yeah, a year and a day, if it's going to be up or down, that's that's really what the ride is all going to come down. For three months, it was down 50%. And I knew this quarterly update was coming, and I was just like, please go up a little bit before the quarterly update. (laughs) (laughs) Because like that is a classic example of what people do, which is they buy something at the very top, and then it sinks, and they panic. The exact same thing happened to me. I panicked. However, I didn't panic because as part of this experiment, part of the rules are that we hold it for a year and a day. I really don't have to worry until that year is up. Like you said, even though it it looks like I got cryptocurrency fever and I bought at the high, I didn't. I only bought because we were doing this experiment. I didn't buy because I was like, oh, it's going so high. It's going crazy. And I didn't I didn't capitalize on that traction because leading up to that crash, it was like on fire. I didn't actually buy it because of that fire. I bought it because we were doing this experiment and I wanted a diversified portfolio. And I thought cryptocurrency should be part of that. Does that make sense? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with you on the diversity part, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, if, if, the, if it was going up already, to me, it's kind of like it's not on sale anymore. Now it's the retail price. Yeah. You know. But, you know, it's like you said, long term, you know, we're waiting to see what it does at the end of a year. So it kind of doesn't matter so much. We know it's volatile. We know it's going up and down. It's just whether it's going to be up or down at the end of the year. And even then, if you decide to hold it longer, you could wait a little longer and wait for another upswing. Because I don't think it's going away. Certainly not within a year. We had a previous episode with Stan K. He was talking about how when in, if you have a, a negative drop of $10, and you have a positive, uh, what's what's the opposite of a drop? A gain. Yeah, if you have a gain of equal value in the other direction for $10, you focus 30 more times on the negative $10 than on the positive $10. Right, in the end, you, that comes out to zero. It, it, it's, a, it's a zero gain, yeah. You, But if you think back on what your stocks did, you remember the loss. So if you remember it 31 times, 30 of those times you remember the loss and one of the times you remember the gain. And I'm only saying this to say that that 50% drop in Bitcoin of all these stocks, of all the wine, the S&P 500, the individual stocks, the real estate, the art, of all of that, which is the one I was focused on this whole quarter? The Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of think what we're what we're seeing here in this quarterly update is basically all the general financial advice is all true, even though all those other stocks that we had were doing just fine, it, roughly. Right. This drop in Bitcoin is like what my brain focused on, even though it's only one fifth of our portfolio. Yeah, I mean, it just it goes to show about how you you really need to keep emotion out of these things once you once you make that decision. Like I was saying on on the credit card episode, it's like the the banks 
you know, they, they have these tables and they figure all these things out, but they're not doing it by emotion. They're doing it by, by stats, basically. Yeah. You know, they're, they can see the trends on these things. And so the people who are doing investing professionally, I mean, they're probably treating it the same way. I kind of hope, you know, uh, <laughs> otherwise it's a really rough ride. So your credit card episode, that is episode 43. If anybody cares to go find it, Stan Kays was 31. He's the one that talks about the 30% more focused on negative events than positive events. Okay. So we only have one more investment left. Do you remember which it is? VinoVest. VinoVest. Bingo, bango, boom. So our 12 bottles of wine, our one case of wine, so you say you think it went up? I would say it went up. I think wine in general is going to go up. I think a lot of it actually has to do with climate change. That's my guess. I would say because it's probably harder for vineyards to get good yields. So there's less wine and more demand. So my guess is that in general, wine will go up. This is good. This is good theory that you have there, Mark. <laughs> so, Mark, just out of curiosity, did you listen to episode 56 of the Artistic Finance Podcast? Not yet. <laughs> that episode is with the CEO of VinoVest, Anthony Jang. Okay. I will just say that you are sort of right. You are. You, no, you are right. Yes, that it is true. That is a factor in, in wine and the value of wine, etc., is is climate change so good work oh thank you there are a lot of other factors but that actually is a factor and in investable investable wine which is what we have it's a, it's sort of a supply and demand thing in a way and yes it's climate change but it's the same idea of certain wines from certain vineyards are valuable and it's because they only have so much land they only have so much vines they can only make so much wine every year the more famous their wine becomes the higher the price goes, more people are wanting it, but it's the same amount. Right. And and this, but it's the same thing with climate changes. You know, grapes are growing differently. Uh, water, I believe Anthony says that water is a big thing. Mm. All that to say, you think it went up. And I will say our expectation for wine is that it would be a steady, steady thing with the S&P 500. So, so wine, the suggestion is to hold it for three to five years, investable wine. So our year and a day is actually too short of a time for the wine. But we expect it to be slow and steady, at least I did, and keep pace with the S&P 500 and maybe go higher. I'm sort of expecting it to go higher. That being said, our $1,000 of wine is now worth $997. Wow, went down, but not a lot. Let me explain just a little bit. So all the stocks, well, not the stocks, all the indexes we have have fees built into them. VinoVest is no different and that there are fees because they are storing the wine, they are insuring the wine, they're taking care of it, they're keeping the online portal, they're giving us suggestions on when to sell. So all that overhead is a fee of 2.85%, which is pretty high when you think about a stock index fee. It's five times what would be a good fee. The wine we have appreciated $5, so it did go up, but the fees were $7. Oh, interesting. So that's how we land at $997, which is down negative 0.2%. So that sounds sort of bad, but it's in a way, it's sort of exactly what we expected of the wine. 
is that it would just be a slow and steady thing. Of course, we were hoping a little slow and steady in the up. You know, I totally forgot about the costs for storing wine. I mean, that is significant. And another thing about the wine is there's no dividends. Well, no. So the S&P 500 gives dividends. The Real Estate Investment Trust, the REITs, they give dividends. Uh, half of our stocks, when I picked them, I picked two with dividends, two without. Wine will never give a dividend. So it has higher fees. It will never give a, give a dividend. And that's cost of holding that as an asset. We'll see. We'll see how it does. So, in, so it needs to appreciate more than the S&P 500 to make up for the fees and lack of dividend. Huh. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that I think the cost of, of storing is going to be it's going to be a lot. I think that's going to factor. That's going to be a big factor in in how that goes. Uh, wow, I totally forgot about that. Because there's a lot of stocks. There's a lot of stocks that don't pay dividends, and you can still make money with them. There's no storage costs for that. <laughs> Not the same way. <laughs> right. Ex exactly. So anyway, it sounds like we're down on wine, but I still think it's a good investment to make. Um, you know, worst case scenario, we own. 12 really expensive bottles of wine. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah, that were, that were hopefully professionally kept. And, but when you drink them, they'll be in great shape. Although th this, is, this is an interesting thing of like, we just expect them to take care of them professionally because that's their company motto. And like, that's, that's their job. That's what, they're, what we're paying them to do or giving them the fees to do. But yeah, we have no idea whether they're storing them correctly or not. <laughs> I was I was just thinking you can try and find out where any of their storage facilities are and then you can see if any of your REITs are involved in that. Oh, that's a really interesting thing. And actually, we talk about that in the wine episode. We go through like, how can you invest in wine? And one of the ways is like investing in the vineyard or investing in the land. So yeah, that's actually a good point. Maybe maybe this is all connected. A global economy that we're a part of. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, I'm going to log into VinoVest right now and see if I can find out where they're stored. There's actually not that many places to store wine. I believe ours is in the UK. Oh, so if you want your wine, it has to travel. Yeah, I have to go pick it up or it has to come here. You're not allowed to bring wine on planes anymore. So I'll have to check it. <laughs> your wine collection, 12 bottles. Let's find out more. Chateau La Lagune, Trésame, Cru Classé. Homido 2009. I don't know how to say 2009 in French. Okay, the condition is excellent, it says. The verification is authentic, so it's authentic. And the insurance is full coverage. Oh, average hold time. This wine says hold for 15 to 20 years. We'll see about that. Okay, and this says storage location UK. So I don't actually know, but I do know that they store at the same place that the Royal Palace stores. Interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. So I could probably look that up and find out where it's stored. But anyway, yeah, our wine is in the UK. Now, a check-in about the art. So we are spending $1,000 on a piece of art, and it has not arrived yet. Oh. Our return on investment, though, is zero. Yeah. But technically, we haven't paid for it yet, so also zero. So we're awash there right now. <laughs> Did we talk about overall... All five of our investments are we we said we were down going through all that. Did you sort of get an idea of how much we are of how much we are down? I don't think it's really that much. 
is my impression. Uh, I would guess that maybe we lost six to eight percent. Excellent. So we are down three percent. Oh, so much better than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Not bad at all. And by not bad, I mean it's not positive. So that stinks. But remember, we're twenty percent down on Bitcoin. Right. We're only one quarter in. And we're and we're only in one quarter in. Right. So we're only checking in to sort of see the journey, check in on the journey. At, at a year's time, it's going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine. If a financial advisor had picked this portfolio for us, which they never would, they would be like, you know, right now, just just hold out, hold out. It's going to be fine. Hang on. Don't sell out. <laughs> All right, Mark, that does it for us. Thank you for being here for this. Oh, my pleasure. Also, Mark, can we talk about you for for just one second, which is this could potentially be your last episode. We have to see because you're about to get really busy. Yes. I am going to be really busy with my union apprenticeship at the Metropolitan Opera House. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm very excited about it. And from what I understand, I will be very busy and, and probably nobody will see me for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so IATSE, the stagehands union, is what you're joining. The apprentice program is three years. So you have to apprentice for three years and then you'll be in the union. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And apprentice sounds bad, but you get paid for all of the time you work, right? Oh yes. Yeah. And it's 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 full time position and you know, it's very good. I mean, you can imagine being at being at the Met is uh, fantastic. I am very excited. So I hope so in three months everybody check back in. We're gonna do our quarter two update on all these investments. We'll see where we're at. Mark, I hope you can be there for it. I hope you can walk us through it. But I also understand if you're in middle, the middle of the apprenticeship, you know, <laughs> maybe we can get, get an update from the Met. You can be like up in a catwalk and we can call in and you can be like, okay, I got to go run a spotlight. Yeah, right. Check in with you and just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that won't happen. But <laughs> hopefully we, we find some time. So anyway, so I hope you're back. Uh, everybody check back in three months. And we'll see how those investments go. And oh, please, Bitcoin, please come back. Oh, it will. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> also, however I sounded on this episode, I, I am not worried at all. I am, I am zero worried about this. Good. Um, Mark, and I, I'm going to let you go, but just one quick question. Your ballet photo, have we found a hotel to put it in or anything like that? Uh, no, we've not. We've not found a hotel to put it in. I, I have a, a couple of experiments that i've been running but there isn't anything that i can say about it yet with the with the ballet photo or separate experience oh both yeah i have a couple you know i always have more than one thing going <laughs> okay fantastic if people want to find out more about you mark where can they find you oh definitely on instagram that would be pixmark p-i-x-m-a-r-c on instagram and uh my website marksantosphotography.com all right mark uh thank you so much for doing this, going on this journey with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, this is great. That was our review of the Artistic Finance 6K. Check back in November to see if we can rise up to beat the market. If you like the show and want to support me, there are lots of ways to do so. The best is to become a patron at patreon.com slash artistic finance. Patrons at all levels get early access to episodes and get the outtakes from each show. Not to mention, patrons are my favorite people in the entire world. 
But if you aren't ready to become one of my favorite people in the entire world, I get it, it's a lot of pressure, the next best thing is to share the show with someone, a friend, family member, or colleague. Tell them why you like the show and why they might too. This is the number one way we have found new listeners, and almost every listener that has reached out to me about something heard about the show from a friend. But if you don't want to share the show with a real-life person, and look, I get it, introvert to introvert, there is still something you can do to help, and that is to follow the show on your podcast app or on YouTube so that you get notified when we release new content. That helps our download numbers, which is our only metric to know if anyone is listening. And of course, if you don't want to do any of those things, you are still a valuable human being and the planet is better off by having you on it. That's it for today. Until next time, break a leg. Thank you for listening to Artistic Finance. Make sure to subscribe. To access our show notes, transcripts, or resources, go to artisticfinance.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Artistic Finance. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.